0: Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, November 1st. It's Mariah Carey season, officially. She always tweets it out. 2022, October has gone. Beautiful woman. Absolutely. Great voice.
1: She is. Absolutely. I
0: actually don't hate that song. No, it's catchy. It's, it's beloved. It's like the, the most modern Christmas classic. Well, people hate it, too. That's Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Country. Pro, pro, pro.
1: Uh, Mariah Carey Christmas.
0: Uh, on the show today, we'll be talking about uh, Apple allowing the sale of NFTs. Why not? Sega's big, big game. Big, big. Um, we'll be talking about. Oh, wow, a scumbag so over the week. It hasn't happened in a while. It's been a while. Um, and more. Ian's tapping furiously, and it's like, I'm going up and down ah, through
1: the, uh, ah, the topics.
0: I, I took, I took a, a third of a of a pre workout drink to wake up today. Uh, because um, I had to finish a Pat the NES Punk Halloween video, and it came out on Halloween, at least in the Pacific and, and uh, Hawaiian time zones in the U.S. and uh, Alaska <laughs> is Alaska the same as Pacific? I think Alaska is the same as Pacific. Um,
1: no, uh, uh, oh Alaska, yeah, yeah maybe you know, Hawaii's
0: yeah, Hawaii's two Different. hours yeah. uh, away from us, uh, two or three. I think it's two. Um, yeah, go watch it, please. Nightmare creatures. Excuse me, not nightmare creatures. That's NC four game. Night creatures on a terrible night. That creatures that would have been a much better uh, game to play. Night creatures, which we did the let's play of several years back, when we got into it. Yeah, I remember. It was very uh, go bad. watch it. There's some unique things that happen in it. People think it's Ian at the end. I won't give it away. Ian might watch it at some point. i I'd say. Let me just put say I'll put, I put myself out there. I'll just say that. I okay. have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's probably about. good. It's probably it's funnier if you don't. Uh okay. Well, people are like, oh, Ian good, good job helping out. That's what they said at the end. Ah. But it's not Ian. You're not in it. Right, Your right. head's not in it. They just think it's you're a character in it. You're not. I see. I get I didn't you. write it. I won't give it away. Okay. It's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> All right. Um we talked about the Roger Moore Bond movies. Not totally in depth. I ta- I forgot to talk about Grace Jones. Uh at the Patreon only podcast we do, it's, it's actually called Nothing Matters with Pat and Ian technically. Technically. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. I profess my love uh, for Dalton being my Bond. If you don't like Timothy Dalton as Bond, I don't like you. It's like if you don't like chocolate, you don't like Timothy Dalton as Bond. <laughs> Those are the things. He was great. He was a great, great Bond. I, we, we, we were crying about how Dalton could have been in Goldeneye. It would have been the best, one of the best Bond movies. It's still a good movie. would have been top three Bond films if he was in it.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's some what-ifs there. Some what-ifs there. Some real what-ifs. Oh, Dalton, my love. So what did you do this weekend?
0: I worked on this video. Night creatures. That, that's literally what that's I did all, all, all this, did weekend. this weekend. Yeah. That's what I did this weekend. That's right. Like, because I went to conventions the prior two weekends, I'm like, I'm going to get a Halloween video. I don't care if only two people see it. I do care if only two, two people see it, so please share it. But I feel like I got I got some left in me. I'm like Mark Henry on his last run. I got some gas left in the tank. Remember, remember, <laughs> remember this fake retirement? Yeah. Which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was like, cr- like fake tears. And just, yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, you all knew it was coming, but like, it was great. That last heel run for Mark Henry. No, it was excellent. It was absolutely outstanding. They gave him a title run and everything for one of the championships. I don't know if it was WWE or the Universal one or whatever the fuck. The two different ones. World. Whatever. They gave him a title run for Mark Henry. Good for Mark Henry, who's now with AEW, I believe. Yeah. Like I, everyone I else I think is. so. I
1: uh I watched a lot of basketball this weekend. I have missed only one Pistons game since the start of the season. They, they beat the Dubs. They did. They told you sure to you competitive. You're like, yeah. It was a I good game. Uh, they really showed up for that one. And uh, despite the fact that they lost last night by two points, I'm really happy with the performance they uh, put up against the Bucks. Bucks still the only undefeated team in the NBA. Um, I would have bought. I was serious. Uh, in the last five minutes of the game last night, I said, if they win this game, I am buying a Cade Cunningham jersey as soon as it ends. And they did not win. Oh. They did not win. But, I, uh, you know. Kids gonna have opportunities throughout uh, the season to sell me on a jersey, so <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. Did you get any trick or treaters on Halloween? No, I never do. Um, yeah, I never I, never get any trick or treaters. I this is the first year I didn't even pretend to attempt to put oh. out candy
0: because we just I'd never get them. It's funny because when I first moved to Castle Country, like the first, I think two years, um, not many. Right, but then I guess it's, the neighborhoods were getting younger. I say the past three years, for sure, uh, two years for sure, three years, it it's gotten a lot younger. I guess younger couples, the little whippersnappers. There was nothing. It well,
1: it's was, a nice neighborhood, and it's a safe one to walk around and trick or
0: treat in. So for the most part, yeah. Uh, there's not like wolves around snatching up kids. <laughs> no wolves. <laughs> oh, would I bring up wolves? You know? Um. So. It, go, it goes, it went from, like, no trick-or-treaters at all. Because sometimes you get them, like, in the early afternoon, 4, 4.30 yeah. before it gets dark. But this year, it wasn't until it got dark. It was, like, 7 o'clock, about. 6.45, 7, I got, a, a like, a rash of them come. Like, a rash. A rash of children. And, and in big groups. I guess that's the thing now, is that, like, I mean groups of 8 or 10. Sure. When you were kids, you'd be, like, 3 or 4, maybe 5. Yeah. Groups of 10. One time it was 12. I, like, kept... Where's my mask? I have got to wear it before. No, I'm going to do it real quick. I'm going to scare everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old Carl was giving out candy to all the, all, the real, <laughs> all the real children. Oh, Jesus. That's what Carl was doing. There it goes, man. So I was giving out candy to everyone, and uh, they, were coming in, they were coming in groups, and old Carl was giving them out. A couple couple of the youngsters were to grab old Carl's chin. I said, no to touch that. It might fall off. <laughs> so yeah, I gave out candy to a group of kids for about an hour. It was about until like 6.45 to about 8 o'clock. You got a lot of kids that came out there. I wish our Old Carl had a good time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm very so happy. The there, an old Carl. It's not a bad mask, huh? No. And I do love bingo. So, um, but I have something else to bring up. I brought I, I bought two bags of candy. And I always go to the res- the reserve bag is always more my the good stuff that my Pat might want in case it, I go to the so the first the first bag was like you saw the little minis. You stole some of my Twix already, and those are scarce. I sure uh, did. Mini Twixes, mini Milky Ways. Why get a Milky Way? Go one or the other. I love Milky Ways. No, you, go, you either go Three tears or Snickers. None of this middle ground bullshit. So it has those three in there, uh, Kit Kat. It's the <laughs> middle ground. Is a, it is a middle ground uh, a Milky Way. Anyway, so so I gave out those. I was like a handful of the kids. And it's great because if it's a little like little three-year-old, give them like one or two. If it's like a 10-year-old, give them like a handful. Sure. Perfect. Then I bought the Hershey's bag. I bought the Hershey's bag in 90 pieces. All right? I did... I didn't dip, Don't steal my, don't steal anything. my. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. What did you just take? Almond Joy. You motherfucker. And that's what I'm gonna get into. So there are five different candies. Kit Kat, the smallest peanut butter cup ever. They're like really tiny ones. They're not like the fun size ones that used to be. Right. Now the candy gets smaller every year. Kit Kat, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, Almond Joys. If you don't like Almond Joys, go to hell. Yeah, they're so good. Reese's Pieces packs, which, by the way, that's your my challenge to you. Don't touch it yet. Don't touch it. I'll g- I'll, have, I'll give it, you a challenge. Okay, later. And and the crappy normal Hershey's uh, sugar-infused chocolate, ninety pieces. Pat math, ninety divided by five Ian is eighteen. Mm-hmm. There should be on average eighteen pieces per right. Sure. You'd think that. You would think that. It, it says varies. Not a good I team, think but that. by by law of averages, around think eighteen. That? What did Pat do? Because I'm a fucking crazy person. You counted out the candy. I dumped them. I dumped them out and I went to the two favorite ones. The goat, Peanut Butter Cup is always number one on these lists, and Almond Joys. Peanut Butter Cup came below average 14. The average is 14. I was like, okay, that's not, that's within reason. You're four off the average that's about pat you're about 20% off about 4 over 18 that's about average then i went to what you just stole the almond joys there were there were eight almond joys now seven eight eight out of 90 i think they just assume people don't like them oh you, hershey can fuck off
1: i mean they're wrong and, but and that wasn't I think even a, assumption
0: and that wasn't even an original uh, almond joys not a, a hershey original by the way they might yeah. have bought the rights to it it was peter paul yep back in the day is, is it hershey now um my, did they, is it her, did Hershey take it over entirely or is Peter Paul still around? Uh, I'm
1: pretty sure Hershey took it over entirely.
0: Oh, you know, it's still is this Peter Paul in it? Oh, cute. So I don't know if there's a, something going on here, but let me just if I I I might have to go get get out my college SPSS uh uh program to do stats. I can run an anova on this. I think eight almond joys was not by chance alone. That is a significant difference over 18. I feel screwed on this bag. I want more Almond Joys. You owe me an Almond Joy. I want more Almond Joys. This is ridiculous. You put in your cheap Hershey bars to fill up instead of Almond Joys and peanut butter cups. Very disappointed. I ruined Halloween for me, Ian. Um, Looking at what Peter Paul makes. uh,
1: Kona Bar, Mounds, Dreams, Almond Joy. This is interesting. They have a, a product called Peanut Butter with No Jelly. I'm intrigued. I am, too. I'm going to have to look uh, A Mounds isn't bad, either.
0: No, it's fine. Dark chocolate instead of milk and yes. uh,
1: no almond. And it's I,
0: delicious. And I love dark chocolate. So, too. Uh, yeah, some weirdos don't like coconut and stuff. I don't know why. I think it's delicious. It's amazing. A, a macaroon is incredible. A good macaroon. You can eat, like, 20 of them. Oh, they're so fucking good. They're great. They're great. Uh, the peanut butter with no jelly buyers is no longer around, unfortunately. Uh, DC is in the news. They just had a uh, Black Adam come out. Uh, which I got very mediocre reviews. It's it, people are like, what is this? Uh, but at the same time, the Rocks might have been might have been doing stuff behind the scenes, who knows? But uh, DC basically has their Kevin Fiji Fe- now. Fiji, Um James Gunn. It's James Gunn. And partner uh some other dude. As it says. Uh Peter Saffron are gonna be running the TV and animation uh division lead film tv and animation division they're all going to bundle it together you're gonna have a cohesive unit finally which we said should have happened 10 years ago literally we said this yep this is they, Almost they've, ten years they've ago. finally got every uh, year they said we need a 10-year
1: plan and now 10 years into the 10-year uh,
0: needing a 10-year plan they are going to start their 10-year plan after they've already gone through a batman but they're bringing back uh henry cavill's coming back as uh as Superman yeah, finally,
1: and he's he's not doing The Witcher anymore, which, which is upsetting people, which bums me the fuck out because honestly, I watched it because of him. He was fucking watch. It, yeah, and now he it's, was gonna good. Be, it's
0: gonna be Liam Hemsworth. He kind of,
1: I mean, I like Liam Hemsworth as well enough, but it's just not gonna be the same. Well, plus, okay. I want to watch that slab of man walk around
0: as The Witcher. <laughs> Well, plus he's Henry actually Cavill. so uh, Henry was actually a fan of the series, supposedly, yeah. and so like he wanted to be faithful, so he had that like driving driving the production. So I I don't know if he's leaving that because of Superman, but so that's he, what people have been it, saying it,
1: is that it, like he re- couldn't do either, uh, he couldn't
0: do both. Well, they're not ready to film a new Superman right away, no. as we know, but maybe. But either way, he's done. Uh, so James Gunn obviously comes from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh they have a they have a Christmas special coming out which looks actually really funny. Yep. Um you see the trailer cast Kevin Bacon in it, trying to come back and, and nab Kevin Bacon. It's hysterical. Because they set it up in the movies. Kevin Bacon is referenced, I think, in the first yeah. two movies uh there. Uh for for, for Star Lord, for Peter. So anyway, so maybe they put together a run of decent DC movies that make sense in a larger universe and aren't all just a fucking mess. Maybe. But you have at now at this point three different jokers. Three different Jokers you have in DC movies, unless the, the uh, unless the uh, the awful one's gone. Uh, you have a, a flash where the the main uh, character actor might end up in prison, uh, so you have that going on. Has there been an update on them recently? Uh, he, he, uh, they said uh, not guilty, and so there's going to go uh, to trial. All right. So that's that was the update on that. Gotcha. On uh, Ezra Miller there. And you're going to have a new Superman movie, which is, uh, I don't know, uh, there's been nine years since the last Superman standalone, which is incredible because that's the most famous character. And there has I, – I don't understand how the that, that... – he's not old. Is he like 39 or so? He's he's not like long in the tooth to be Superman, but like you could have had three three movies in the past 10 years.
1: Eh, he's a young-looking guy.
0: He's, he's all right. It's funny. Uh, our pal Yoshi sent me a picture. Um, he was on the on set of some indie movie that he was friends with someone. Hey, let's check out this picture. He sent me a picture of a random guy. And I'm like, who is this random guy? Oh, that's Henry Cavill. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, he sent me that picture. I'm like, he looks like any other dude. Yeah, like, he he's like a ra- random dude. He's like, oh, yeah, it's different in person. I'm like, yeah, he wasn't, you know, he was like his Jack. Like it wasn't in, in like mid filming and, you know, right now as much hadn't dehydrated himself down to get those <laughs> and, um, muscles popping. It's tough. It's tough. It's when you, you read about what like Hugh Jackman goes through. Uh, and he's gonna do. He's doing it again. He's already training for Wolverine. And like you I have can't to. Can't wait for that. You got to sacrifice. Like supposedly when that he, might be the next superhero movie I go see <laughs> in like two years. years yeah. Uh, when you read about what Hugh Jackman went for just for like the promo shot for the Wolverine, he's like, yeah, he was dehydrated for like thirty six hours. Yeah. In order to like the veins popping out, it's like it is not healthy to get down to those levels. Nope. Like, like you are killing yourself to do that, um, or like the bodybuilding world in general. It's dangerous what they go through. So here's to that. Um, This is a fun story. This came out from a a Vice article.
1: Uh, Today in No Shit News, uh, Vice uh, reports that people who identify as gamers are more prone to racist, sexist behavior. A new study suggests that a person who strongly identifies as a gamer is more likely to be prone to extreme behaviors like racism, sexism, and defending their community at all costs. Um, It's just not a very surprising thing to learn we've seen the internet we've seen that the people who generally take games too seriously and make it their entire life are the ones that are also um i don't know it seems to be swayed easier into extremism extremism
0: uh when the game this is a quote when the gamer identity is very core to who you are as a person that seems to reflect what we call toxic gamer culture tends to reflect more exclusion than inclusion so things like racism and sexism and misogyny. Rachel Cowart, the research director at Take This, a nonprofit that provides mental health information to the gaming industry, and one of the paper's authors. Right. Should we noted this is only referring to a small toxic portion of the gaming community which numbers in the billions as many positive communities and elements exist within gaming culture so not all gamers obviously no but it's noted that you are more likely to be led down these roads if you self-identify
1: being a gamer is not does not mean that you are a bad person with extreme views self-identifying and labeling as a gamer can come with that because that usually shows that you are more uh intense about it
0: and according to this and other articles. Uh, the gaming culture in some ways can be used to breed as breeding grounds for far-right talk or talk of extremism in general racism. And th- it's a recruitment tool in some circles, unfortunately. Right, exactly. Um, so you find people who are alone, dejected, younger, angry, y- upset y- younger, l- lonely things. men.
1: Yes. And yeah. yeah, you, you get into the gaming circles where they're hardcore about it and you know, they're going to be every day and you use that to, you know, recruit and to, I mean,
0: groom. Yep, That's what happens. Um, that was like a semi subplot real quick in um season 2 of the boys there's mm. a harrowing montage at the beginning of one of the episodes it's like a 3 minute montage it's like not it, it doesn't really pertain to really the rest of the episodes that much but it follows a young man who's like normal and then starts looking um it's more it's it's more about being conditioned in general, but yeah, being online condi-
1: conditioning, online
0: conditioning, and then like watching like um t- cable news and watching internet videos and how they go from a, a normal functioning person to an extremist, uh, right, and, and ends up you know shooting someone like in a in like a convenience store or something, and it's like. It, it hit a little bit too close to home because that's what actually occurs. It's, it's right. not overnight, this stuff. It doesn't happen usually overnight. I'm no, like, but to acce- –
1: yeah. uh, I, I haven't watched any of the boys, but I'd probably watch that intro. Like to see that accelerated has got to be fairly terrifying. Like, it was a, these are the A to B to C to D to dead.
0: They're, they're, they're building blocks basically right. that happen. And uh, yeah, it, like I said, it doesn't pertain to the rest of the episode. It's almost like, almost like a mini movie that just starts an episode. I mean, right. like, it's a little bit uncomfortable because that's what actually happens. Um, with that. Um, speaking of extremism, NFTs. Apple is going to allow in-app, get it, in-app, mm. NFTs. But they're going to slap their thirty, their good old 30% levy on that, which they do for all in-app sales right now. And that was part of the reason there was a lawsuit right. between uh, the good old Fortnite folks in that because they didn't want to they wanted to r- r- distribute people away from uh, purchasing in-game items through the App Store because of the cut to outside, and it became a whole lawsuit. It was taken, taken off, or whatever. All this stuff happened. So, this doesn't mean that NFTs are coming back. This means that Apple just wants to make money.
1: <laughs> it means that Apple wants to make money. And again, as we've said like every week now for a while, some of these plans know. were put into motion when people were a little bit more bullish on it, and now that they've. You know, it's come to fruition. They're like, well, we spent the money on it. We might as well see what we can get back. Yeah, um, but Apple is uh, taking a thirty percent cut of such trans of the transactions, limiting the attraction for users such as gamers. So to me, that seems to imply that if you bought an NFT, who you're buying the the company or the app you're buying it from, the 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 publishers or uh-huh. whatever, they're going to lose thirty percent on it. But it seems to imply that if you know the the person who bought the NFT were to resell it, they would lose thirty percent. So through, through that app, yeah, under. through that app or through whatever, that's which, a which, cut, which uh, makes it untenable. I mean, when you buy something, you know, for a percentage increase, and you're, I mean, you're not getting thirty percent off of most of these. Yeah, you're, you, there's no point. They they basically were like, yeah, you can do it, but
0: we're gonna make it as unattractive as possible. But that's what exists. They're thirty uh, percent. Yeah. So because this is taxed income, if you sell an NFT out of profit. That is a capital gains. I told about this at a time because people don't know about this. A short-term capital gains rate can be as high as like 30%. If you buy and sell something within a year, like a stock, Sure, your, your tax uh, rate is higher than if you wait at least a year. I guess it's to discourage it if that's how you make your money. That's how the law works. So if you buy and sell an NFT within a year, you are subject at the highest point thirty percent unless your tax rate falls lower and lower. But then if you just have – let's just say it's even 15 20%. 30% before you even get to that, taken off, why are you buying and selling them anymore? Like it, right, half your money is, half of your profit can be gone to begin with right there. So like you said, it, it's just like why even do it? But if you want to do it, you want to try it. There you go. There you go. You want to try something else? Try ultimateNintendo.com. You can try that. Hey, it's Mariah Carey season. You can start buying your uh, Super Nintendo guidebooks for Christmas, NES guidebooks, the RBI baseball stickers, the good old CU podcast enamel pin. We got stickers as well. We have tons of stickers uh, at UltimateNintendo.com. I'll be on Twitch. It's no longer Shocktober. I'm sad. Twitch.tv slash country code on Wednesday night. And I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country.
1: I like that you call it Mariah Carey season. It should always be Mariah Carey season. But uh it, it's less stressful sounding than christmas is coming uh well because it includes november right uh i also like to look at uh ricky henderson day as being the holiday that we're approaching not christmas it's a little bit He's, less stressful. He was
0: born on christmas
1: yeah so ricky, was my cousin one of my cousins ricky henderson
0: is built uh was built on christmas, <laughs> ricky built henderson on christmas? was built on christmas <laughs> uh, I love, born on christmas right carrie is 52 she looks amazing still she looks amazing she, she does she looks amazing i've Her, talked to her, her, she she is
1: one of if not the longest running like i she's she's, she's
0: one of my all-time crushes oh i yeah. didn't know that Ian. Yes. so when you see her you see her tweet as the witch turning you see the tweet she put I, I, out at midnight I, I sure did she she does these produce things every now for mariah carey. she's it's it's her brand this song it's it's been, it's great how her career has turned into like it,
1: it's her season yeah maria Car- mariah carey and christina ricci those are my two longest running christina crushes. ricci really oh yeah Absolutely. Uh oh, little little goth look. You like? All right. She doesn't act that much anymore, does she? Is she been? No, she's she's uh she was recently in a, a TV series that got great reviews. Uh, I always want to say Ladybugs, but it it's not. It's um Ladybugs. That was a Ronnie Dangerfield movie, right? But I think it also <laughs> I think it also involves a soccer team. Oh, so it's based upon that? I I don't no. I don't think it is. I'm just trying to see what the fuck is it? Well, I mean, what are the odds? Two Ladybugs movies about a soccer team?
0: Uh. No, it's not like
1: it. it's called like hornets or yellow jackets. That's okay. what it's called.
0: Uh, there was a um, uh, young Christina Ricci showed up on a commercial, a Halloween commercial. I think we saw last week. She must have been only eight years old because in the Anna's family movie, she was like what ten, eleven. She wasn't that old. Um, so this is like late. Age. Yeah, she's like she's like my age. She's our age. Let's yeah, I was looking up right now. Christina Ricci. Uh, 1980. She's two years older than. Oh, me. she's she's Pat age. Okay, yeah. so she was yeah, she was like eight or nine in the late 80s. It was like oh, that's because you, you can tell she has that look. She looks like out of time almost. Mm-hmm. Her look on her right, like she belongs like in the early 1800s. That's what she looks. Like. She's wonderful. Um, all these crushes. Spe- speaking of early early 50s women, not her, but rock, right, uh, Jennifer Lopez looks as best she's ever looked. She's like 50s, but she looks amazing. Sure, amazing. The I Super agree. Bowl a few years ago with, with Shakira and her. Oh yeah, she's one of the best. Per- God. Pretty ladies all around, everywhere. I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy for her and Affleck. They, 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 they made it work 20 years later. I'm not really concerned about <laughs> celebrity marriages, but you know, no, they're, but if I they're mean, happy, great. It's weird, but 20 years later, eh, it works now. We're older. We're setting in our ways, and we, we actually maybe now's the time. Not when we it's were like. It's like reuniting with a high school sweetheart. Yeah. No, it didn't work when we were 28. Now we're in our f- early 50s. It's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Pat, are you ready for Christmas? Christmas? What the hell's is Critmas? Did Mike change the script again? That's right,
1: Pat! Celebrate Christmas with our returning sponsor, Viridian Dice. As you, loyal you podcasters, know, Viridian offers a ton of Dungeons & Dragons dice and tabletop gaming accessories. What's your favorite set, Pat? I don't play D&D. You know this. Mike knows this. Let's just... Let's let's get through this. Good point, Pat. It is hard to choose given their gigantic catalog, and these aren't just your grandpa's plain opaque dice either. They have metal, hand-poured, resin, gemstone, wood, liquid core, and more, all priced under MSRP and
0: shipped by their small team in Syracuse, New York. I do like Syracuse, but I'm not going to learn this new script. I refuse, Mike. This takes time. I hadn't considered
1: that, but fear not, Pat, as Mike and team are about to launch their Magnum Opus, a 72-piece D&D condition ring set with a new custom storage box. How fancy. Can't remember if the wizard is invisible or if Barbarian is concentrating? Let these rings do the remembering for you. They're made in the USA, designed to last a lifetime, and the new storage box will keep the ring safe whether you're a traveling DM or you never leave your
0: house. Oh, I have an alert on my phone. Might just send us another ad revision. This is ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as not making Viridian your dice and condition ring solution by
1: going to shop.viridiandice.com. Use code CUPODCAST11 through November 15th for 11% off your purchase.
0: Okay, uh, Pat, don't forget to tell them to follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Viridian Dice, all one word. Mike, it's not my fault if they don't follow you on social media. Thanks to Viridian Dice for sponsoring this week's CU Podcast.
1: Viridian Dice. Overthrow Big Die.
0: Modern Warfare 2. Ian, are you excited? Mo- the second Modern Warfare 2, right? Can't keep track of it. Any Modern anymore. Warfare 2. 2. Yes. This is the remake. Uh, only has 70
1: megabytes on the disc, but is a 100 gigabyte install. So, 100 gigabytes. 100 gigabytes. Oh no! The, well, the sub headline says with a 150 gigabyte oh. download, so they can't even keep it straight. Um, yeah, I not a lot to say here, but it's ridiculous. I uh, I don't say this with any glee. I just say it because it's clearly where we're going. Physical games are just meaning less and less. Um, we talk about all the time about how games come out and they need an you know a huge day one patch. You know, if you were just playing the game off the disc, you'd be dealing with all sorts of bugs and broken things that are going on. Broken things. This, uh, this is this is the extreme of that, though, uh, where there's just nothing on the disc. There's nothing
0: to patch. 70 meg is like the installation file to click on to say install and grab it, right? Like, that's all that it is.
1: It's the music and particle it's, effects and graphics that you use to make the thing the pop up. up.
0: Yeah, and then hit OK. It spins around a, a video file not even for 70 megs like, yeah that's like that's a like graphic probably it says click here to install and then yeah. it just grabs it yeah i don't know if or what when this is going to end because again like going back to not for resale documentary i don't know where it is it's on the shelf you can get that at com. it's also on amazon prime um there's plenty of parts even in the us still that don't have internet that can support 150 gigs download. That would take you like probably like a week and a half in some parts of the U S we have like spotty, you know, satellite internet. Like, yeah, we have, you know, here we have, we have like, I have fiber, there's cable, you know, internet here, but we're in a major city. That's not how it is. Every single part of the U S. Right. So you ever, you ever, ever had some funny, you go on an overhead map of the U S maybe on Reddit and you start scrolling around, you go out to like Eastern Southern California was like these small pockets of towns there, where it's like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't know it's a part of California. It is. Yeah, people live there. Mm-hmm. It's not like twenty people. There's thousands of people, but it's like, how's the internet there? I have no clue. I don't know if they have you know cable. I don't know if they have a uh, fiber internet. That's fun to do. That you can just like scroll around to see little pockets. Oh yeah, yeah. Just let's drive two and a half hours east to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you get it's stuff. Desert, desert, desert. Civilization. Well, when you drive out to, like,
1: uh, where where John lives, you know, you see all the signs for the different desert cities. Uh-huh. But you eventually get to a point where it's like, and it's like, you know, the signs telling you to turn off for this one, turn off for this one. And then you get to the end, and it's just like, and other desert cities. And it's just like, they're all over yeah. the place. There's
0: just little little pockets. Little pockets everywhere. We're tired there. You can buy a nice little house and a little cul-de-sac together. In the desert, You don't want to be in the desert? No, I hate the desert. You don't want to
1: get a little pool? Get some solar? If If I liked the heat? I would have been well convinced to move out to the desert by this point, but I just can't do the heat. That's,
0: that's a good. That's a good news. Get the solar. You don't have to worry about the AC costs. He's running solar all, sure, all day. Sure, sure, That's good. What are we talking about? We're gonna we're, we'll do a Redfin podcast next.
1: <laughs> Off on the on the tail end of the seventy megabyte file on a physical disc for Modern Warfare Two, uh, there was some rumblings, a rumblings, a rumbling uh, a few days ago about, um ea potentially no longer selling physical copies in some parts of europe uh there was rumors going around that they were going to discontinue selling uh fifa which was the big one um, big, and big this one. article says FIFA Battlefield and more will no longer be sold physically in Germany, Australia, Switzerland and Scandinavia. But that has changed. Uh, EA sent out a, uh, a, a press release that said we have not stopped physical distribution of our games in Germany, Austria or Switzerland. And players will continue to be able to buy our games from retailers across the region. An EA spokesperson said recent reports stating otherwise are an inaccurate reflection of disclosures made in EA Germany's statutory financial statements. Um, I would say this, though, if these rumors are coming from financial statements that people have seen, it's probably a little bit of truth to it somewhere that they're at least focusing less and less on these oh, physical yeah. titles.
0: I'd I love to see like a, a database of the, the number of physical discs being produced year by year. It's not going up. <laughs> it's not going up. We're looking at like how CDs probably started to happen like in the 2000s. Once you got the late I it's like, uh-oh, it's dropping like 20% oh, each year, yeah, or 25%. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to see that list of how many they're actually producing, how many are they running off in the plant you know, each year. By by region would be interesting. If it's increasing in some areas, developing nations, you know, maybe a spot like India or some African nations, maybe the discs uh, go up there because more people are getting the consoles. But then other, other places, the digital distribution goes up and it's decreasing. I'd love to see like a list of stuff like that where it's happening like that. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Um, Let's talk about Sega. Okay. Or
1: Sega, as as some people have said it back in the day. Um, This is from the 28th. A new Sega investor report dropped today. Sakura Wars is back in the report. Listed as an in-house IP. Little sales, 5.8 million. Furthermore, while not in the current IPs list, it's not relegated to past IPs either. So that's very encouraging. So this is just more specific, uh, specifically relating to um, the Soccer Wars series, uh, which people like, you know, hoping to see more of. Uh, it hasn't been, um, you know, it hasn't been shelved or pushed to the side. Uh, there was an Action 1 released fairly recently. Um, they talk about some of the IPs that are, you know, sold and, uh, you know, developed in-house. Uh, Sonic, Puyo Puyo, Sakura Wars, Ryu Gagotoku, which is uh, Yakuza, Virtual Fighter. I don't know what Aladdin is. Don't know what Beast King is. Fantasy Star and Chain Chronicle. I mean, I guess some of those are redemption. Other uh, they're patchy slot and pachinko machines. So that just kind of gives you an idea of what their current um, layout is and their plan. Um, so I shouldn't add that to the docket. Yeah, I have no idea (laughs) why that was added. It's literally just a graphic. I don't
0: know, Ian. I'm like editing all weekend. I see something I put in the docket. I don't have time to think, I just do. So, yeah, nothing to say
1: about that, but they are, and, and nothing really to say about this, but Sega is still aiming to create a super game. They've been talking about making oh, this super I, game yeah. since 2020, 2021. It might, might be
0: before that, but we brought this up at least. I, looked I don't into, think it's before that. Uh, we, we talked about this a year and a half ago,
1: at least. That's fine. I believe that. Uh, a revolutionary game with the streaming community in mind. Uh, they really haven't said anything else about it, but they keep bringing it up.
0: So, you know, get excited. Uh, our strategy for generating such hit titles is the creation of a super game. This comes from a a Eurogamer article. They want it to be a large-scale global title. We're currently developing such a game. Targeting release by the fiscal year ending... It's just
1: going to be a Smash Brothers knockoff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been a Sega one yet. Targeting release by the fiscal year ending March 2026. This is from Sega CEO Haruki Satomi. The ultimate goal in the super game... Strategy is to create a game so revolutionary that it attracts far more active users than any of the group's games to date. Uh, not one key to achieving this goal is, is whether we can draw together a large community, involving not only players but also streamers who stream the game and viewers who watch their videos. That kind of community expands and further develops game content, adding value to the game that is unimagined by developers, unimagined, and sparking a broader movement, which can then draw in even more users and grow the game's presence dramatically. How about you just make a good game? Just make a good game. Just start there. Make a good game. And that attracts in people. You attract in maybe the community because that, like Sonic has a thriving community, right? Ian, you, you're, you know about the Sonic community. You sure does. You got a movie. You have a new cartoon coming out, right? Cartoons on the way, I saw. Yep, there's a new is one. Is that on. Netflix? Oh, I maybe it's already out. Um, you, you should know this, Ian. You're the Sonic man. You have a, a new game coming out in a week. Sonic. One is, week. Make a game like Sonic, make a new big IP. Don't worry about a game being revolutionary. Don't worry about that. Make a good idea that people just like. And then revolution sort of just finds its way naturally. Don't just don't say we're going to make a revolutionary game because you're setting yourself up for a fucking massive failure, Sega. That's right. People are going to say, well, "You've been working on this game for 5 years? What is it going to be? GTA 6?" No. It's not going to be GTA 6, I can say with all confidence. It will not be something that grand that you'll do.
1: Got to ask you before we move on to the main topic of the podcast
0: here. uh, Was I supposed to do something with these recent Pieces? Yes. Guess how many are inside? No, try to open this package using just your hands. Okay. And I'll give you a minute to do it. What the hell? I tried last night. I could not do that. What the fuck? You win. You win. I could not do it last night. I struggled. I struggled for like 20 minutes last night. Did you do it from the top with the white? There's a look. How would you do it? There's a notch. What? There's a notch, Pat. Come on. You're (laughs) killing me. Did I have a a non-notched one or didn't see it? Probably just didn't see it. No, no, there was one without a notch. because I'm going to search for it now, down here. I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> okay. You know what? For someone who likes for someone who likes peanut butter, I'm not. I don't dislike Reese's Pieces. I never. I never go for a Reese's Pieces naturally. I love them,
1: but um, it's not when I'm in the mood for peanut butter. It's when I'm in the mood for Reese's Pieces. They're a very specific taste.
0: Yeah, it's if I'm gonna do if I want a peanut flavor, I'll do a peanut M M&M. and M. Like I'll rather do that than do a Reese's Pieces usually.
1: They are still probably my absolute favorite ice cream topping.
0: A pieces? Yeah, never never considered that.
1: Uh, that's how Friendly's used to make the Monster Sundays. It was Reese's Pieces in the bottom because they were but sponsored. We, by... we never
0: got many Monster Sundays. Mm. I would. Bet. So,
1: I'm sorry, not the Monster ones. The clown hat.
0: Yeah, I didn't get I, I I didn't get too many of those as a kid. Unfortunately, I would I would beg for that. I would get the, whatever came free with with the, with a burger is what I got. Mm. Whatever Sometimes I actually no. Sometimes they gave you that one free. I, I think. was
1: gonna say that was the free Sunday when I was a kid. That was the um, kids meal Sunday.
0: No, I must eat. I must have found one of those last night. I gotta find it. I was struggling and I did it from all directions. I gotta find it. <laughs> I swear I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you.
1: Or you just didn't know the notch was there. There's only one notch. Maybe you had
0: it upside down. I gotta find without a notch. I mean, I, I went, cr- I went crazy. It like, it's like when you get in a situation. There's some, uh, not, not to get into the, the details. Sometimes you know you, you want to get that condom wrap it over, and some just don't open. Sometimes, and you feel like, okay, this is getting worse. The more I try, you just toss it. You, sometimes you just toss it away. You get to that point where it gets too awkward. Okay, this is like 20 seconds now. I have been there. Yeah, this is like 20 seconds. You have to toss it and just give it up to whatever god out there trying to prevent you from having sex. You just, just throw it away. Teeth. No, no, because you don't want to get that taste. <laughs> All right, that was funny. We missed yeah. any, any preview topics. GameStop's going to reportedly close stores for Thanksgiving this year. This is either, oh, GameStop's being nice, or they're, they realize the sales don't justify being open because there's nothing to sell.
1: I think someplace else was closing for Thanksgiving this year, too. Um, is the tide turning on, on these on this or no? I hope so, because it's fucking disgusting and no one needs it. Uh, here's a list of stores closed on Thanksgiving 2022. Aldi, Best Buy, uh, At Home, Costco, Dick's Sporting Goods. It's funny, because Best Buy was one of the original ones I remember being yep. back in the Absolutely. 2000s. Best Buy, Turn Bosco, Bosco fun, DSW, Harbor Fridge. Experience. So, yeah, there's a lot. I think Best Buy was the other one that I had heard about that oh, was closing. Uh, oh, Target. Target is closing for Thanksgiving Target, this year, too. Good. Good on you, Target. Good on you. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's I, it, I, you're right. With all of the sales that have moved to online stores, plus the fact that, like, it's just, we're finally at a point, thankfully, in society where people see that shit and they go, why? It's just a mess. Making people's lives living hell on a holiday, you're gonna get those sales back before Christmas, anyways. Fuck it.
0: So, or well, maybe they looked at their sales last year and just like, yeah, it's just not worth our time. I don't think. I don't think this is a. Uh, so I don't know what about, I don't about think Black this, Friday. But I don't think from GameStop it's an altruistic reason. No, as a publicly held, I, they, they want to
1: make it look altruistic, but it's really because they're in fucking financial danger and they're they
0: probably don't see the the reward versus the risk. But DSW. My favorite shoe store. I am a member. Privately, are held. you really? DSW is the best. I, I used, used to shop there all the time. I don't know if where one is around here. Uh, Mission Valley. Um, gotcha. Um, you go to DSW. Um, you go to the back. They have their clearance. Like f- your eyes, fifty percent off shoes, thirty percent off, sometimes seventy percent off. The, the different color labels. You find some good deals. Like these, the shoes are just probably like a year old or so, and no one bought them. New old, like uh, new old stock. Get some good deals. I go I every. Some new I go every three years. Every three years, I go to DSW and buy like eight pairs, eight pairs, and buy stuff I don't even real, you know, realize I need. Like, uh, I think I got like um, like leather boots. I got one time I was like, oh, you know, I don't usually wear this, but now maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try it. Maybe, like, you know, like not like high boots, but like you know, like ankle high boots, I'll wear with like jeans. That yeah. was, that's Not usually my style, but I'm like, I'll I'll take a chance on that. I love DSW. They're privately held, so they probably said, you know what, we're gonna do good. They do send a lot of email offers, too many email offers, DSW in the clubs. Like, hey, spend uh, $50 by next week and get 20 bucks off. It's like, well, oh, that sounds great. Now I got to s- s- find $50 worth of belts to buy or socks. That's usually how it works. But then I realized that's not healthy to just find stuff to buy. To- don't, don't spend more to save. No, don't. It's like stealing. But DSW is good at that. <laughs> you don't want to lose money by not spending more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. It's been a while. It's been a while. But we have a scumbag, scumbag. seller of the week, week, week. This is a cascading scumbag seller of the week. This we're going to do this in layers this week. I'd like to thank uh, Dave Labeech for bringing
1: this to our attention because uh, this is a good one and it would have passed us right by.
0: Um, I think it's also starting to make the rounds on Reddit. I, I saw someone mention that this was on Reddit. I, didn't, I don't have the Reddit gotcha. thread, though, so I think people are realizing this is bad. This comes from eBay seller Anqua4892. 4892, A-N-Q-U-A-4892. 4892. They are selling graded, sealed... Sealed! ...Pokemon Game Boy Advance games. On the servers, you'd be like... Pat and Ian, you guys are too hard on sealed collecting. Come over to our side. Talk to us. See that there are good sealed collectors out there. I get these emails and comments all the time. You might be right in some cases, but this, Ian, is what is this? Liquid Crystal Version
1: Game Boy Advance. This is a ROM hack Pokemon game, Uh, you know, not licensed, uh, released by Retro Now, I believe, is the company, And there are many, many graded versions of this game uh, on eBay, uh, graded by WADA. Um, This person has at least three we see here. Yeah. I have no idea why you would grade packaged ROM hacks.
0: No, I don't. I don't know why someone would pay to get them graded. I don't know why you'd sell them. I don't know who would want to buy these. Um, right. They're also selling another one that's a a pirate game. This Pokemon Red HD. HD version. So, I looked into it a little bit and I guess it's it's using a uh, it's using the later engines for the earlier games.
1: It's using the, it's um, using the Game Boy Color engine for the for Red and uh Blue, I believe. For
0: the black and white yes. games. Um, so these are obviously illegal products. We talked about this before. So, this isn't really Oh, there's another one. I keep finding them on there. This is listed. Pokemon Green Game Boy VGDB Limited Homebrew is also there if you click on uh, this seller. Click on just the seller's other items. I think I have the link right there. So they're, all, they're selling another one from another, I think, website selling that. And then from another website, which we'll get into, uh, they're selling a Box Star Fox 2. That was an unreleased game that was completed that was included on the Super Nintendo Mini. Um, there, So there's a box version on there, a 9.6 A+. plus plus. I hope it's a, n- a 9.6 A++. plus. It's a brand new fucking game that was just produced yeah, recently. You would
1: think that it would be, hopefully, if manufacturing <laughs> standards were up to snuff. So this is mainly what this seller is selling. There's some other stuff like a... They're selling an, a Pokemon Green, which never came out in the U.S., uh, Liquid Crystal, the Star Fox 2, uh, Stone Protectors... That was a pico-interrupted uh, release. Pico
0: release. Uh, a pico-release. Well, I mean, so whatever. That's a pico-interrupted I mean, license. A, that's a legitimate day, product. Sure. But a lot of these other ones are not. Okay, so I did not realize this was a new thing. And we'll get back to WADA in a little bit. Um, I didn't realize there were sites that were sprouting up selling this shit this fucking garbage oh we've covered that
1: before i mean i've not to this level with boxes and printed manuals and stuff but we've definitely covered the print the rom
0: hacks that are sealed up but they're doing limited print runs of these right they're like so if i went to um i got the link to the uh, retro now they're all i think sold out these are like limited to, i think like a thousand of these a couple of these uh, yeah, uh, oh, 100 in this case. So like the Pokemon Liquid Crystal version HD, free advertising, asshole. Um, a limited release of 100 copies of Liquid Crystal HD were released by RetroNow in 2021. They released 100 of them. So this is how they're making $80 each for this shit. 80 for probably AliExpress level of quality garbage. 80 bucks, Ian. They're getting this shit printed and, and brought over here. Um, so they made uh, PatMath uh, eighty times a hundred is eight thousand. They probably wouldn't sell this shit at all, Ian, if this wasn't like, oh, you. There's only a hundred, so they're trying to create a speculative market for a pirate game. Right. I have no problem with what ROM hacks and people um, having
1: fun with them, but like, throw that shit on your flash cart and play it. Yeah. It's it's the selling of it that drives me nuts. And now you're trying to make it a limited thing. Like, why is it limited? And then you grade it to try to make it super uh, limited it, this is, it's just it's insane it's it, uh, it's 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 the dis- it's the collecting
0: disease personified it's okay we're gonna you, ha- you have someone who doesn't own the rights to this is making a counterfeit item or a, an illegal uh, item. it's not technically counterfeit it's not copying a game but whatever it's an illegal pirated game they don't own the rights to it now instead of even just saying we're gonna sell as many as we can make or even a thousand we're gonna do a hundred knowing that we're gonna have some people speculate on this I don't know who's interested in this shit. An unofficial Pokemon. Do you know any any uh, friends of yours that are into Pokemon that were like an unofficial, unlicensed product like this?
1: I mean, maybe if they saw it for like five bucks, ten bucks, but they're not out there for buying it. this shit for eighty.
0: For eighty bucks. Okay. They'd pick so, it up if it was at a flea market. Sure. Oh, this is interesting. We'll just pick it up for ten bucks. Right? Yeah. So eighty dollars. So then that person now is in their mind, oh, I gotta spend $40, 50 bucks, sixty bucks to get this graded. So I'm gonna do that. So I'm now 140 bucks in, and now you know, I'm going to throw it on eBay for how much they're trying to get on eBay for this shit? Depends uh, on which one you're looking uh, at. They have a uh,
1: 9.6 A plus. They're trying to get 950 for. They have a 9.8 A plus that they want 1200 for, and then they have a 9.8 A plus plus. Can I find
0: it? It's 2500. Or 25. 2550, 2550 or best offer. So wow, that extra plus. Gets you another $1,300. $1, $1, yeah. And I'm going to have someone... Every time I bring up the pluses, someone says, oh, there's a difference between an A-plus and a plus-plus. Bite me. Get, we could get a fucking microscope to see the difference between the, the level of seals. I think I, I commented... it was going to be a third plus at some point? A plus-plus-plus? I mean, imagine getting a grade in school. Oh, you got an A-plus. You know, this... Uh, Freddy though, got an A-plus-plus. Good for You Freddy. just got an A-plus. Yeah, I know. It's silly. It, it is it's silly. silly. You, you, they try to create these arbitrary divisions more and more to, to pump up these certain subsections. And it's nuts. So, Retro Now, I didn't know about. They sell entire Pokemon, Super Nintendo systems. Yeah, these look like garbage. The, the art is is garbage. Like, you, see, you see this? Like If you go to the website, Pokemon, Super Nintendo, they have six different colored cards here. So they sell this shit. Uh, this Fishy game shit, Fishy Games uh, is selling... Fishy uh, Face Games. Fishy Face Games is selling... That's the Star Fox 2. The Star Fox 2. And so when you go to that site, um, they have an Instagram here, and they they they're just—I don't know how they get away with this. This is what annoys me more. They have four thousand followers for this shit on Instagram, showing off. Oh, we got all this new pirated stuff in stock. Here you go. Look at look at all this garbage. Um, so that's fine, Ian. But then there's this harrowing picture to me, uh, at least in my opinion. The third pick. You see the link there. I put the Instagram. Sorry, right. I'm
1: looking at the, the the Pokemon Super Nintendo ones. Which the, one?
0: Uh, the fishy face fishy games face on Instagram. Instagram. The third picture, they're showing off three boxes. Oh, of don' of, of yeah of donor boards from real games that Whoa. were de- that were destroyed, and they're bragging about that. Oh, we got these donations in. I I think it was for a, a Final Fantasy project or something. That these are, are real games being fucking obliterated Yikes. for this shit. Yeah, that does not look good at all. That is rough, bothersome, bothersome. You can get these games made from scratch. I don't know why you still need donor cards in 2022. I just don't. I don't know why. I guess it's cheaper if you get them. Don't don't donate your stuff to this. Sh- don't donate real games to this shit. It's 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 depressing. But uh, yeah. So they've been selling this shit for years. I didn't know about this stuff, but it's just bothersome to me. So fishy face games retro now. Um, Anqua four eight nine two are are sc- scumbag sellers of the week, which leads us back to WADA.
1: Yeah. I, I already said my problem with yeah. WADA. My problem is that they're grading these. Uh, they're 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 part. They, by grading this, they are part of
0: the problem when it comes to uh, bootleg games. They are legitimizing the existence bootleg of games. this shit. Yes. They're not only legitimizing it, they're monetizing it. They're making money off of it. That's right. And they're trying to create a new uh, segment of a collecting hobby that's already been mired in controversy. Yep. You can say the the word mired, at least, very least, mired in heavy controversy. There's a class action lawsuit coming on because of their shenanigans that have happened. And now they do this. Uh, And we brought this up before. Even before the change of the guard, we don't know when these were graded. I don't know when these were graded. Yeah, a
1: year, we two years no ago. Clue.
0: So we don't know. remember when. I mean, the one of the first time walk was, games was, was.
1: Yeah, that one was interesting to me. And then um, they did the um, they they graded that fucking uh, repro of uh, Bubble Bath Babes. Remember, it was like it was like it was just a it was a. Make sure I got that. We definitely talked about it. It was, it was it was a, a oh it was, it? it was a handmade cartridge with bubble bath okay. babes on it. Okay,
0: I don't remember specifically, but okay, but because they do sell reproductions, those you can buy those.
1: No, this was like a this was like a fucking cartridge that had it like
0: oh, splashed sh- on there. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, that's bad. Was it was like was like a red cart? I'm trying to remember that one. Here's the point. This gets to the heart of the issue of, and I'm not saying this is all sealed game collectors. Please don't send me comments or emails about this. I beg you. Because uh, it's tiresome. But this is who you're getting into bed with, whether you like it or not. When you're yes. when you're trafficking uh, in, in the sealed game market, this is the company you have to get in bed with in order to accomplish your collecting goals. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying you caused this. But you are helping prop up this business every time you are buying and selling one of these water-graded games. They don't give a shit about um, video game history or the collecting community. They just care about dollars and cents as much as their PR uh, f- fluff letters would like to lead you astray to believe otherwise. That's the bottom line. And unfortunately, that trickles down into the, specu- the speculators and some of the collector community. You may say, Pat, this is not me. I just like rated games. You are getting intertwined with all of this. When, when, when the vast, vast majority of us have this opinion, and it's the vast, vast majority, our opinion uh, is not the exact opinion of every be- retro game collector, but we represent the majority opinion on this from everyone we've talked to and from our ex- experience, the vast majority. This is what happens. It, it, you get, again, you're, you're drawn into uh, the mire that we talked about yes. of all of this. You have to live with that. I'm not saying you're gonna you're gonna look in the mirror and have a life change. It's not that serious, but it's understand where we are coming from. When we talk about this stuff. I, I have yet to meet someone. Someone give me an argument. One argument, Ian. How sealed um, game collecting? And this is really comes to the heart of the issue, in, in a way, in terms of the philosophy. You might want to hold off on this because we uh, have a whole segment. Oh, we do. Thank you, Ian. We, yes. Oh, uh, giving something away. We do have a full segment on this. Thank you, Ian. So
1: let's move on. We have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. You go. You support us with uh, monetary donations. We appreciate them. Uh, you, you give us the money, and you get the full video podcast in return. You get the bonus bits uh, that we record at the beginning of this podcast. You get uh, monthly hangouts, uh, just about weekly writing. Uh, you can join the pin club, uh, and you can vote in these... Poll topics. Take it away, Patrick.
0: Well, usually you would vote in a poll topic. You would, but last week there was a fifty-fifty tie. So, Literally the only uh, time. So it, for funsies, I put up a poll topic because you have to have at least at least two choices in a poll. You can't have one. Where you know this isn't this isn't a, a dictatorship. I said uh, I'll put up a free space, and like clockwork, it won. Free space won at fifty-four percent, but the, the the tie from last week at forty-six percent. Is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting? Ian, you helped manage Luna Video Games, two locations, Chula Vista, El Cajon. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to you to open this about what you think is worse for video game collecting, grading or the reselling of games. Maybe the pros and cons of each.
1: Yeah, because I don't think, you know, one is outright worse than the other, and I don't think any of them on their own uh, ruin video game collecting. It, it, it's it's when both of those are taken to extremes or or, or twisted, um, you know, into something different. Uh, reselling, you know, for years, and it seems to be something that's dying down. It seems like you know every few years there's there's enemies that the video game you know uh, fandom picks out, and resellers were. Uh, a huge problem for a long time like 10 15 years ago i know i would say i mean even as recently as like five years ago so three years ago people are like oh fucking resellers okay and i think a lot of the problem people have with resellers is that they buy for cheaper and sell for more well that's business That's just how it works. If you're a reseller, if you're a video game store, if you are a person who is looking for deals online, that's just what you do to make a profit. You look, you buy the games as cheap as you can, and you sell them
0: for, you know, a a reasonable price. Um, I think I think we made the distinction because I never ever in my days ever equated a video game store as being a court reseller I, I mean we are though that's literally what we do. no, but the connotation of reseller I had to clarify this years and years back because people come up to me and say, Hey, Pat, I resell games in my bed, and I would go, No, you're not bad. That's not how I envisioned the term reseller. It was always what is what is the motivating factor and what what why are they in this market to begin with? That was always well. I, so we can look at something like a flea market or a vendor at a
1: at a, at a game convention. Sure. I still don't think, even if they're in it for money, I, I, whatever, it's, it's a business. If you learn the business, you go and you buy the stuff, you sell it, uh, hopefully you would take the time to learn about what you're selling um, you know, and get into it a little bit more so you can answer questions. Knowing what you're selling just makes you a better salesperson. Um, people who are buying lots online to get games that they need and then reselling those games, I don't care. It's how we get the collections going. It's how you fill your collections my bigger problem is people and we've all known them at flea markets or whatever who will bull other people over to get the best deals or uh to you know try to screw someone out of something and then resell it
0: for uh top dollar or or straight out lie about their motivation for buying something right
1: Exactly. I've seen it Lie to the person. uh, Yeah, like literally be like, oh, this is my favorite game from when I was a kid, and then go put it on a table. There are
0: a lot of unscrupulous resellers. I have literally been lied to several times about a motivation for buying something that I had a double of or something in my collection saying, hey, I need this. And then I see them selling it less than a year later. I, I see it like, what the hell was that? And it's like, I'm not saying there's a statute of limitations when you should be allowed to, but you know it's happening. You know, it happens. And, and some resellers really just need to realize that there's the ones
1: that drove me nuts was, say, during the height of like NES and Super Nintendo. Uh-huh. Um, people would buy the games. They would want to get into reselling. They would buy the games, and because they paid too high of a price for them to sell them at market value, They would then jump the games up 20, 30 bucks. And there are stores that I've seen do that. Uh, There are people at conventions I've seen do that. And I think a lot of people wanted to force themselves into the video game market when there wasn't a good entry point. You don't buy at the top, basically.
0: Um, Grading games, uh, honestly. Okay, I I, I want to continue to be selling. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So i think there's something to be said for ethics yes there's ethical business people and that's when i usually when i when, I, when the, the the derogatory reseller to me was always more of the unethical sort the sort that was more like the opportunist, you want to say the interloper, that's that's a loaded term. When it comes to someone entering this territory to get into it, just, just to um, try to control it and to just make as much profit as possible. And obviously, if you're saying it's a business, a business, is, it's to make money. But there are good ways, positive ways of doing it, and there are bad. I've known people that have gotten into it, uh, that weren't into video games, maybe they sold records or CDs, got into it and they learned about it and they were fair and didn't try to do like you said unscrupulous tactics and i've known obviously people like the one famous one from Fleer Madness that was uh mischievous we'll just say deceitful and did some unscrupulous things like so you see both both sides that can happen there um but in the positive aspect of people that hunt to games for games at least in the past when when people didn't know the value at the very least if you want to say that this isn't game preservation huh but the people that went out there to the flea markets before they kept the market going they provided the product that people that wanted it yes they found the product they the ones that would hunt on craigslist ask around go to garage sales put the work in to find this stuff they kept the blood flowing
1: basically in the hobby
0: and they started in like in the mid-2000s when it started to get a little hotter let's go let's go find this product and there's something to be said for them being enterprising, you know, businessmen uh, back then. Sure. There, there, there weren't buying eBay lots 15 years ago, even probably 12, 13 years with that much. It was more about finding it locally, sourcing it and then and redistributing it. That's actually very positive. That's positive because someone is going to do it. Someone has, and it happens with F- every yeah. hobby. Okay. So that's the positive of, 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 of you want to say the reselling there. And obviously there's some negatives with the unscrupulous actors. Okay. Let's get into grading. Now you, you start off by saying that, that that they can be equally good or bad, or that ones I saw worse the other. Here's what I can say:
1: I would say that there are plenty of collector sealed collectors or seal uh, that that aren't people who occasionally buy sealed games. I don't think that they're necessarily doing anything wrong. I don't think that they're hurting the hobby. I don't think it's helping the hobby. Well, you mean grading the sealed yeah. games? Yeah. Okay. The I sealed collectors that are grading them. Yeah. Um, Right, correct. Well, I just assume if it's sealed, it's being graded at this point.
0: But that's, but see, that's, that's kind of problematic in itself. Um, because sealed game collecting, this is the argument I got into the guy. People have been collecting sealed games for, at least in my knowledge, 14, 15 sure. years or more. It's just that it's taken a turn, I think, when the grading got introduced in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't. I don't understand the grading. I don't want to do the grading. People who grade a handful of games own a couple of games that are their favorite graded. I don't care. I don't think there's anything about it that helps the hobby like there is with uh, reselling the games, you know, keeping the market going. But I don't think it does a whole lot of damage. I do have problems, obviously, with the sealed market collecting that is more as in uh, the, the graded collecting that is uh looked at as an investment and only superficially looked at as video game collecting that's where my problem is and even that i don't think is actually hurting the video game hobby that much if you take a couple of steps back and you look at it and you look at what's on the floor at conventions i don't think it's having that big of a negative impact however i do think the situation is fucked um I, the the less that news covers stuff like this, the less I think it can have a negative impact on grading, and it can be le- or negative impact on the hobby as a whole, and can kind of just be looked at or derided as its own separate thing.
0: So you're saying, wait, you're saying that negative news is 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 when we think about grading no, games? No, no, I'm right? I'm saying
1: I'm saying that the damage the damage that I can see being done by. By grading games is when you See these auctions go off and big numbers Go out there just like I used to always say oh, when you Would get those CNN articles that would Be like are your games worth millions of oh, dollars sorry. It um, skews people's Ideas and it gets People into the notion of well maybe I should grade this and I can cash in big Once that stuff starts To subside and there isn't that News going out there to people that don't understand What's going on again I think it just turns into something more Annoying and less damaging
0: Okay, I I want to I want to stay away from if it, whether or not it's damaging video game collecting. Well, I mean that uh, was the question, man. <laughs> no, I am saying it's is it worse? Oh, okay. Um, when I when I think of that, that's more of a generalized like how do, how is this affecting the scene? And when you say damage, it's like well, how, how are you measuring damage? I will say this: it's not helping. Um, I, there's nothing. Like you said, there's nothing positive it's doing. Reselling, you you talk about the redistribution, providing a a bloodline for people to get into the collecting hobby, if if people weren't um, buying and selling games in general, there would be no subsection, subsect of uh, buying, collecting sealed games, because it's obviously a subsection of video game collecting in general. It's a smaller part of it. It, Not many many people do it primarily. Um, Grading leads to, you can say, hey, Pat, it has to do with authenticating games which is fine, but people were authenticating games before grading services, and honestly, a lot of the people that were into it forever, like Ian and me... You'd be better off in some cases with us authenticating a game than whoever they pulled off the street to do it for VGA back in the day when they started. Or I, I guess you can say WADA had some collectors get into it. But it's not like this has been around for decades. This isn't like people grading uh, coins or comics or something else where you had people in the business for a generation or two that, oh, we have established people. We are all basically starting on the same playing field when it comes to this Mm -hmm. if if we were both collecting in the 90s the odds are a lot of people came from the 90s or 2000s or later it's like we all have pretty much close to the same knowledge of how this stuff should look and feel and accessing this stuff so that's fine so what is the motivating factor when you're getting something graded? you want that that number and that number signifies something to you and to a potential other party that's and that's the key is that number without this n- number if this was just an authentication service no one would care about the service no one would just say i want to get my game slab and get authenticated it's that number that drives this that's the motivating factor is that is it a gold or a silver vga is it a 9.2 or 9.4 or 9.6 because that number equals money it equals money you might when you have your games in your collection that are sealed and graded you might the thing that doesn't matter i don't care about that but if you took it out and said to someone, uh, Hey, Ian, you want a sealed game for your collection? You like what's a re- an average game you like? What's a game?
1: Mappyland like? City Connection. You
0: want a sealed Mappyland or City Connection because you like those games. I say, here, fine, pa- fine, Ian. Here's a copy and you'd be satisfied with one that wasn't necessarily graded, right? Because it's fine. It's a nice sealed copy. You may I sure. put a protector around it? But it, it, once you start slapping that number next to it, you, you then introduce something else. You introduce a, a, a factor where it doesn't just matter to you anymore. It matters to another party potentially. And that's the motivating factor when it comes to this. It's money. It's a resale market, uh, first and foremost. That's, to me, why this is, quote-unquote, worse. Because a traditional video game collector can buy all this stuff and not ever think about in the future. Well, what's the value of, of, of that random stack of games going to be 10 years from now? By applying a number to it, inherently, that's a concern. Inherently, that's something that differentiates it from the next person's exact same version of that game that's the difference if you go to a video game collection and someone is, is looking for uh, a Sega Genesis game uh you know what uh, a quack shot I'm looking at quack shot they're looking for it they'd be satisfied with uh, mostly as long as it's not beat to hell the first version they find at the first seller they're not gonna have to hunt through a bunch of other uh, other sellers to find a much better looking copy they'll be fine with that quack shot as long as it looks decent and the game functions and it has the manual That is the difference. Now you're introducing divisions among game collector A versus B versus C versus D. And those divisions equal different amounts of of money allotment, theoretically down the line when it goes to be auctioned and sold. That is the main difference is that. And I've yet to hear an argument that I say, Hey Pat, this is why this is positive for the video game collecting scene. I've yet to see that introduced to me and elucidated versus just, Hey, Hey, yeah, just let us do what we want. Fine, do it. But these are the facts of the matter, in my opinion, when it comes to it, and that's it. Um, that's it. And obviously, even before you got in, uh, into Wada, it was a little bit problematic. But being you stopped me from talking about it, I brought up trafficking in this when you're when you're uh, when you're uh, buying the Wada graded games now. It's a tacit endorsement in some degree of their, of their practices by and large. It just is. That's what you said. You went through that. You got that. Out. I didn't say tacit endorsement. I like the word tacit. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean you're, you're signing on the dotted line that you agree with what they're doing. But by helping their business uh, make money and profit, you are saying, hey, eh, it's okay what they do. It's fine. I'm not saying it's right, but it's fine. Because I'm, I'm uh, okay with it because I like their product. And uh, it is what it is. I'm not saying you're a bad person for that, Ian. I don't think you're a bad person for owning a, a, a water-graded game.
1: I mean, you have one, too. You have two. Well, one I bought by accident. <laughs> I mean, you still
0: <laughs> bought it on purpose. You just got the wrong one. I did get the wrong one. Because so I wanted the NES one, Ian. Yep. I wanted the NES one. This CU Podcast segment is brought to you by Into the AM. They have premium, high-quality apparel, including nice graphic tees, basic tees, hoodies, and even boxer briefs. I'm wearing the stare down T-shirt,
1: which is like. good. Yes, it's very intense. Got the moon buggy on, and this one's
0: lumin- luminance. And I love the uh, the very bright jellyfish. That's a good one. And this is the grand terrain. If you're going a little earthy tones, and that's the lost signal. If you're going a little more retro '80s themes, they have different collections and themes: space, animal, nature, skull, festival. Shirts are ultra soft, pre shrunk, tailored fit, and use eco friendly
1: inks. Into the AM is running a bundle deal for the graphic tees, which are three for sixty. And they also have basic tees, three for $49.95. Click the link in the description on YouTube, or if you're a podcast listener, use code CONTRI, that's C-O-N-T-R-I, and you'll get 10% off these very comfortable shirts and gear. Go look good and
0: feel good with Into the AM. We got voicemails. We do. Thomas, tell us about them. Uh, you go to anchor.fm slash a C U podcast uh leave us a voicemail and we will uh we'll answer it right we'll do our best What what's the time limit i usually like Ian, what i usually say is my, my what is my um my sweet spot? 20 seconds 20 seconds is great you say your name me where you're from quick question get in and out you don't have to say love you love the show just i mean don't, that's, i don't mind hearing it I don't, I don't i don't i don't need the positivity sometimes i just like to get through my day
1: <laughs> hey pat and ian this is joe from chicago I was wondering if you guys could think of any games that are traditionally not looked at as being very good, but for whatever reason, you like them anyway. An example for me would be Jaws on the NES. Now, granted, I do have nostalgia for that game. I remember playing it as a kid, but I actually think it's a pretty fun game. I don't think it's that bad.
0: What would be a game for you? Thanks, guys. 21 seconds. Brilliant. Uh, I I, I like Jaws. Uh, I gave it three stars in in the guidebook. I think I give it three or three, three and a half or three. It's, yeah, it's a better than average game. Nothing wrong with Jaws. I don't know where the, the, the Jaws hate ever came from, to be honest. Because it's a short game. Um, Mappy Land, Tom Sawyer,
1: um, Spanky's Quest is not generally considered an amazing game. Bubble Ghost for the Game Boy. Um, you know, all of these are games that are, you know, I don't think anyone really ever things about some of them are better than others but yeah no tom sawyer and and mappy land are two two pretty um easy ones for me and i really love killer seven which is a weird game with a weird control scheme that just doesn't do it for a lot of people but it's one of my favorite games next hey pat and ian this is greg from vancouver canada calling in again i'm curious if you could have the opportunity to speak to any game developer in the world who would it be and why thanks for taking my question
0: uh, Sid Meier would be fascinating to talk to, I think.
1: Yeah, probably. I'd probably go with Suda Fifty One or Swery, uh, two Japanese game devs that I really like. What's the,
0: what's the second one? Swery. What did they do?
1: Uh, they did uh, Deadly Premonition One and Two, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm not familiar with those games. Those are very good.
0: Yeah, because Sid Meier was—I mean, Civilization and like the Pirates games—and th- those, those were so far ahead of the time. And I'm just like, trying to think, like, what. What were you thinking and envisioning that sort of system and sort of building those up? Like that's that's fascinating. Hi,
1: guys. This is Simon from Slovakia, and my question is for Ian. Ian, how do you prepare your famous, not soggy eggplant? Thanks. So eggplant is really, I mean, I, I love eggplant. It's easy, and you're never going to get it soggy is a soggy is a word choice that is a word choice uh, so basically you slice your eggplant uh to the thickness you want i usually do about half inch and you lay it on a cookie sheet or uh you know like a cooling grate a yeah, cooling like a, a a cookie, like a grate, a wire grate. And you put it over your sink, you lay out all the uh, eggplant, and you hit it with kosher salt on both sides. You wait at least 20 minutes. Sometimes I'd recommend 30. And then you rinse it off under the sink while squeezing gently. And you do this because it gets all the bitter moisture and juices out and the bitterness of the seeds that extracts it. Then you pat it dry. And then the you can just do this. A uh, little bit of egg. A little bit of flour with some cornstarch mixed in there. Pan fry it up hot. Your centers are going to be tender and creamy. You're going to have a nice crispy outside.
0: So I did look up Slovakia eggplants. So they do have a, a recipe. So I guess it is um, a regional uh, veggie there. They have eggplants. I don't if they grow them there. But um looks like they do have a dish. Nice. So they have an eggplant. God, I'm going to butcher this. Oh, that's Egyptian spice eggplant? No. What? I'm, I'm finding all these different things. There is a Slovak cooking eggplant recipe. Zappa Kenny baklazan. So Slovakcooking.com does have a baked eggplant recipe. All right. There you go. who to thunk?
1: Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Nick from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Nick. Got a quick question for you all. Do you have any uh, favorite comedians? I'm a big fan of Norm MacDonald and Bobby Lee.
0: Hey, like Norm, sure. Norm MacDonald. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Norm's funny. Yeah i
1: don't a piece, Norm. i don't have a lot of like favorite stand-up comedians it was never a huge uh thing for me um but i did like george carlin of course i really enjoyed george carlin feel like we did this question a
0: few and ago. Uh, i love lewis black i saw lewis black at college it was interesting uh r- ranting and raving was funny um uh brian regan's one of my all-time favorites he's the comedian's comedian everyone loves brian regan uh, he's a great one, Jim Gaffigan. is hysterical in person. They're up there. Bill Burr's really funny. Uh, Gaffigan yeah. is pretty funny. Gaffigan's great. Oh, skip that one. Next.
1: Hey, Pat. It's Andrew from Racine, Wisconsin again. Um, I was curious because I was rewatching old. Uh, AVGN hey, and I remember the episode with you at the Nintendo World Championship Cup and everything. Did you guys use like a Zelda Gold Card or something, or did you buy an AliExpress?
0: Um, no, that so, was we used the real one. It was Top Gun, and it was Legend of Zelda. Oh, I, I, I thought it was, I was we, talking about. Well, you said we you threw me off. I'm like, you didn't help make those cards
1: <laughs> no, i or thought could... it was um i thought he was referring to uh the nes marathon where we did it
0: oh 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 oh! no 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 um met the in the avgn episode gotcha the avgn episode uh james made one uh god which one did we make which one do i still own i i own the smashed up gold one so i made okay i made the gold one james made the gray one that's what happened so i took a legend of zelda and i got the label off those labels are a bitch to get Oh, yeah. No, they're,
1: they're, I've had to, oh. tr- like, I've tried to remove partial labels from a Ooh. cartridge before.
0: It's it probably took, like, an hour. Yeah. At least. Um, he did the Top Gun one, and then we cut it out. I forgot how I, how I. no, we didn't cut out. We did a sticker. That's right. You did a sticker, and no one could tell. Like, we didn't cut them out. We just did a sticker, a laser-printed sticker, and you can't tell from, like, six feet away that it's not, you know what I mean, if you do it in the right yeah, spot. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. I don't think we cut it out. And then, yeah, we destroyed them. And I always go back to when it premiered live at PAX... Back when it was uh, PAX Prime. That was PAX, PAX West. That was... Uh, what was that? August 2011? That video? Jeez, that fire Yeah, I'm fucking ago. old, Ian. Um, James d- did his panel. I think Mike was there. And I, I ran on stage after the video. And um, the crowd... It was like probably 600 people in the audience. Seven. It was a big audience. Holy shit. It was big. We're talking like the main theater. Like talking about how, I mean, is still popular, but especially then the fervor around it. Um, the crowd's reaction, it's probably because of someone, when they saw it getting smashed, the, the collective gasp was like, oh my God, they thought it was real. That's what made it great. That's what made it amazing, and to this day, people don't watch to the end of the video for the reveal that, hey, we're not, we're we're artists, but we're not stupid. We're not going to destroy these games at the time. The fact that
1: anyone thought that it was actually real is insane to me. At
0: the time, that was twenty five thousand dollars worth of games, roughly, right? At the time, something like that, twenty and five they're worth, or eighteen and seven, whatever. Like, yes, we were not. We would not be that stupid. No, but that was a fun video to do. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Joe from Brunswick, New York. Um, My question is this. Um, Do you think that it should be a standard that um, games should have um, the Japanese box art on the opposite side as an option for people in the West, specifically with JRPGs? Because there's always been a debate among the community uh, whether the Western box art or the Japanese box art is better. And usually the Japanese box art, in my opinion, is better. Any pains with that, Ian?
1: I mean, I don't think it, it, it needs to be required, but I, I definitely think, especially with everything being, um, you know, plastic cases with slips, uh, I, I'm seeing a lot more reversible cover art. And sure, I think that would be a nice option between the U.S. art and the Japanese art. Uh, I'm sure there is licensing to take into account with that. And, you know, sure. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Max calling from Edison, New Jersey. Sorry! I was just curious to know what your favorite bad-for-you places to eat are. I love Taco Bell. I'm a huge White Castle fan, and I wish New Jersey had a Jack in the Box closer than Tennessee.
0: Thanks, I, guys. I've been dabbling in Jack in the Box out here because they have a they have a like a like weird variety. Oh, get egg rolls. And it's like, why do they have egg rolls? I feel like trying it. They're cheap taco for like a dollar. I mean, it doesn't taste like a taco, but it's wonderful. It's, it's probably the only thing I like it. At- Jack in the box. I can do without. Honestly, the cheese slice. I'd rather have without the cheese slice. They throw a cheese slice on a, a hard shell, crispy beef taco. I'd rather almost not have the cheese on it, but like, and just eat it like that. I wonder if you can do that. I'm getting hungry. You're in fasting, um, but um, um, no. Uh, I guess that's a bad one. Jack in the box. The, the burger wasn't as bad as what I thought it'd be when I had it. It was like wasn't the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? It's like it was okay. Wasn't Wendy's quality. I don't know if it was fresh or not, but like it wasn't as horrible as what I thought it'd be. How about a jumbo jack? <laughs> <How about> option, <laughs> option three.
1: three. Um, I I uh, love White Castle. Um, and then uh, I have like three specific things that I really love from various fast food restaurants. That would be bad. I do love the taco from Jack in the Box. I love. They have a,
0: they have a jumbo one. They have a, like a bigger one now.
1: Uh, yeah, for a limited time only. Limited. Um, I love the beefy five layer burrito from Taco Bell. Is that one I should try? Because the last one went the Taco Bell was very disappointed in the quality. I don't know that you're gonna be overjoyed with it, but I, I like it. And then um Okay, two more. Uh quarter double quarter pounded with cheese. I've said it before on this podcast. I think it's a good burger now that they've used uh, now that they like do the patties fresh there. It's actually pretty uh, that's tasty. That's one specifically fresh, right? Yeah, that one specifically at, fresh. At McDonald's. But my favorite, favorite self-indulgent bag of shit to eat is Wiener Schnitzel. I never, fucking love Wiener Schnitzel. I never had a, a Wiener Schnitzel. You don't need to, Pat. I can promise you, you'll be let down. Uh, my, uh, my co-host on Extra Napkins, John, it's the one thing we don't agree on. And that guy will eat anything. He's like, Wiener Schnitzel, that's fucking gross. I love it. So do, do the hot dogs, all beef sausage? chili. I do the, I do the all beef chili cheese dogs and I usually order oh. the poppers. The, the, the jalapeno cheddar
0: bites. Okay, okay, I was like, other poppers. <laughs> Before the podcast, poppers. Um, you know what? I got it. Rallies checkers rallies. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's yes. The quality is a little bit lower. Yep. But damn, if they have a they have a dollar hot dog still. They have a dollar. Do hot... they
1: really? Yes.
0: It's a legacy okay. item. It's just a regular six inch wiener. That's what she said. And with mustard on it, a dollar and a chili a dog variety is a like dollar. Thirty, I think, a dollar nice. forty. So, unfortunately, I think I, I, they were on Doordash, and I think I, I, closed them off to the point because I kept ordering them. They're like, this is too far because it's down in Logan Heights. Yeah, it's you little can't. Bit, A little bit further away. This is at the closest one.
1: I so, try to keep all my food orders under 3.5
0: miles away. That doesn't get you too far, but all right. Well, the problem is, you know, we're kind of cut off in a couple of directions. But, uh, but it's
1: real bad for you over here.
0: It's okay. a little bit better for me. Oh, no, I'm yeah. At
1: the, I'm at the top of Ocean Beach. Where, sure. You-
0: I've, gotten, I've gotten ones where, like, I ordered them a few months ago, and then it's like, no, not anymore. And I'm like, what? Another extra mile? You, you can't get out here? But anyway, so uh, Raleigh's Checkers, and they have a really good. I call it I call it the crownie. It's the it's the half cookie, half brownie, and it's only like a dollar fifty mm-hmm. or two dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you go for they they bulk it up in quantity. That's how they make their money. Uh, next,
1: hey guys, this is Nick from the Quad Cities, Illinois, but formerly from Escondido, um, as of about a year ago. Uh, Just wondering, since you guys talk about the zoo fairly often, if you ever go to the safari park, which I still call the wild animal park. Um, I always like that better than the San Diego Zoo. Both are cool. But just want to get your opinion on that. I want to make this quick as well. So
0: have a good one. I like you, Nick. You you get in, you get out. So I've only been to the safari park once. I should get to it more often. I I have the the, the, whatever the. I forget what the pass I have I can always bring uh, a guess. But it's a nice experience. It's probably changed a lot since I haven't been there like in several years. It's an absolutely wonderful
1: park. Yeah. I love it. I think what people probably need to recognize realize that don't live in San Diego is that it's way further away than the zoo. We can be at the zoo in 10 15 minutes tops with traffic. Sure. Uh Wild Animal Park is usually about, you know, 30 minutes away, uh 25 30 minutes away. Um and parking is free at the zoo. It's not free. At the safari park, if you have a pass, I think we have the pass that gives you free parking. Sure, but it's it's generally not um, if you're just going up. And The other thing I like, I really love the safari park, but I can't do it in the summer. That the where the safari park is, it's boiling hot where all it summer again? long.
0: Uh, what, what, what location? I always forget where it's at. I think is... it's like just past Escondido, so it's northeast. Okay, that makes sense. So it gets hotter out there. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely uh, inland es- a little bit. It's Escondido. Yeah, it is. Okay. So that's about 50, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. Uh, it's not that far.
1: But yeah. 45, um, 40, I forget. We I, go up to play D&D at es- in
0: Escondido. It's about half an hour. That's it? Yep. I, I got to get out there. Screw but anyway, it. I, but anyway. But yeah. I like the safari park because it, obviously the animals have more. It's like a natural environment, like in terms of like they all go together, they hang out and have fun. The Australia but, exhibit's awesome. But they, they got still, the platypus there. They have a platypus there? Yep. I want to see a little uh, platypus. Two
1: years ago, they got it. I got a little platypus. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Any platypi, you, you got more than one. I think it's just one. There's a Platypus Cam, too. Or maybe they have oh two. Oh, my God. Okay,
0: i do a few more here.
1: Hey, guys. It's Wes from Barhaven, Ontario, Canada. I was just have a question about um, collector apps. I was just wondering if there's one that you guys would recommend. Uh, I was looking at the Retro Collector or CLV Games um, as something to keep track of my collection. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
0: Uh, well, there is a certain NES guide app that's being re- revamped. Spoilers. That's in the works. Um, I don't use any apps for, for collecting. I have a a Google Drive, a Google Sheets doc, which has tabs. Um, I, I understand the appeal of using the apps because it's like, oh, click on the picture real quick and put it in stuff. I just like using my, you know, I just put in the time and work for the past 15 or so years of, of doing the the Excel spreadsheet, turning it into a Google Sheets. And that, that's been fine for me. I have like a tab that has things that I want, which is at this point, I don't even look at because I'm not really buying that much anymore and like label upgrades. And then I have, you know, per system box, manual, or just cart, or disc, whatever, and just check it off. I have a column for notes, if you have it sealed, or if you have it, you know, whatever. That's what I use. you use anything?
1: I don't use anything for video games. I have have one uh, Google spreadsheet that I use for my PC Engine stuff. I do keep track of that, because I still buy for PC Engine. Um, I need to do a spreadsheet for Game Boy, and then, I mean, I use Discogs for my vinyl collection, but I yeah, I've never really used a specific app for video games.
0: Uh, I got I got to do one for my PC
1: games. Like that's gonna, it's not out of control, but like I'm probably at. It's gonna get annoying too. It's gonna be like records because there's gonna yes. be all sorts of variants and, and things like that and, and weird like yeah. It, at the end of the day, if I can't find the exact record I'm looking for, I just click the cheapest one and add it to my collection. Oh, because... that's that's like
0: that collector out in Japan that has like that's hoarding games. They they, they followed them. There was that French uh, video collecting series that went out to Japan. They, they found a, a big Japanese collector that has a storage unit. Yeah. and he says he actually literally says a video. Oh, I just buy more of the games if because I, I can't find them. And it's like holy shit, they don't know where they are. Just oh, no, them? what I'm saying is, I'm sorry, Yeah, that's funny, but no,
1: a little different. If I can't find the right... So, when you put records into Discogs, it gives you all the releases of oh, it, and all the printings, and all the varieties, and as you would imagine, say a record from 1970 has gotcha. a billion and one pressings, so if I can't find it, I just... Find the cheapest one, not the most expensive one. And I say this is the one I have, so I can at least get the title into my okay. database. You're not
0: saying physically buying; you just yeah, saying, I no, select it, this yeah, one it,
1: it, gotcha. to put it in my database okay. because I, I don't I, <laughs> I don't have the fucking time to like find <laughs> out every bit of information to determine you know yes. what pressing
0: plant this came from. Exactly. You're not gonna look at the record and look at behind it. For some of market. them I do, but a lot of them it's just way too fucking difficult it's to figure you, out. You get into the minutia. Yeah, it, and it's, and it's I, like some of the like NES boxes, five screws in. Or, or, or no, not even and just like oh, this one has yeah. trademark. This one does. That's it's like it. right, Who fucking cares. They're, these are mass produced products. Yep. Who cares? Um, what was I gonna say. Yeah, I thought at first you said you are thinking, oh, I can't find a record. To play when I'm oh no, that's why like, I, What he alluded to. I
1: do I get there though. I mean, I, I sure. That's why I, I categorize. All right, so, database them.
0: So I am almost at the point of with PC games where I am. I don't know if I own something. I'm like, okay, now I have to yeah, check exactly. Uh, so now I got to put that out. It'll just be like a, a day afternoon, uh, for the game collection. That was a lot tougher. I would do like one or two more here.
1: Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Chad from Princeton, Illinois. My question is for both of you. Uh, Pat, I noticed that you were wearing a Saitama shirt on one of the last podcasts. I know how much you like GoGo13, which, by the way, I love the video. Uh, what kind of anime do you guys like to watch? Uh, for example, mine, I love One Punch Man. Obviously, Dragon Ball Z. I've been getting into some manga lately. But I just want to know your guys'
0: thoughts. Thanks. Well, you, you hit my two right on the nose. Uh, yeah. I, I don't count stuff like you count stuff like Voltron. Like that, I, I look at it as something different versus modern. But like, obviously, there is some of those that were. I mean, it count originally.
1: I mean, but I mean, yeah, the U.S. release was obviously edited and different. But I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it is I, anime. Um, I, for me, I, I actually don't watch as much as people. I think have kind of assumed that I do. Um, you know, my favorites are Evangelion. I really like Cowboy Bebop um i haven't watched dragon ball z but i adored i adored the original dragon ball it was fantastic um and i'll watch you know uh, stuff that Vannie's watching like i recently watched I, i've seen the first and third arcs of demon slayer i missed the second one because i think i was out of town when she was watching it um so if i really stopped to think about it and look back i've got a lot of anime under my belt but in terms of oh and azumanga daioh is probably my favorite Um, that one's great
0: but yeah could an anime person tell me why these seasons of one punch man are taking several years to come out like season one was 2015 season two was 2019 budgets man they just can't raise the money or no one's willing to willing to i i don't
1: know a lot behind it but the anime like industry in japan is very very strange and yeah but
0: one punch man it seems like it's, if i if i follow it it seems like it's pretty popular it is may, maybe it's more popular
1: here maybe they yeah, want to move on maybe, I, I think i think maybe the way they do anime to the little i understand is they release seasons and there's usually like i think there's like three or four seasons a year okay. and there's they usually release 12 episode seasons and stuff that gets really popular they go back and they do like another so they do like 36 episodes,
0: episodes per year roughly percentage. oh no no i'm
1: saying like there's seasons in japan but i'm not saying there's three seasons of a show in oh, a year i see here's a fall season here's a winter season okay. and these are the anime that these companies are putting out for winter here's gotcha. the animes they're putting out for spring and um I, I i think anime good anime i think sticks in the public conscience longer here i think the market the amount of time that the market is viable for an anime is longer here than than in japan where they produce a lot of it and people pick up new shows every season it's it's more like it's more
0: like streaming content where you just yeah i i feel like for
1: an anime to really like get a second season very quickly it would have to really have a grab on people
0: Okay, well, I mean, One Punch Man, I think, is popular enough that it should not take several years. No, in I mean, I, I agree. I, I love the first it's, season. I never watched the second it's season. It's good, too. But I, I, I believe it. But I really um, enjoyed the first. But I was shocked that it took four years for that, because I thought, that this is popular, that I, I like it, and people are cosplaying it at Comic-Con, and yep. you see people talking about it, and I'm just like, where's the seasons? Like... Voltron. Speaking of Voltron, the new Voltron on Netflix obviously is Netflix money. They pumped out like a fucking hundred episodes, like in three years. It seemed like they just pumped them out, and they were like, "I was like, holy shit, there's so many episodes." I think they already concluded. There's like seven or eight seasons of it. They did. It's a ton. I, I it was too much. I couldn't keep up with it, to be honest. Which one? Uh, the the new Voltron. Oh yeah, I watched the first twenty three episodes. I can't keep up with this. They're this coming out too often. I watched it all. You only need to watch the first three seasons. Does it, does it sort of run out of steam?
1: I watched the whole thing, and I mean, I don't regret my time. But the last episodes, or the last seasons, not great. And the seasons after three, or maybe it's after four, are a little, a little, a little, running out of ideas.
0: Yeah, it's like that last season, last season and a half of Star Trek: Next Generation, season six and seven. It's like they're running out of ideas quickly at that point. Like sometimes you just run out of ideas. There's only so much you can do with characters. Yeah. All right, we'll do... uh...
1: uh, We're running long in the tooth here. Let's do one more. Do one more. Hello, Pat. This is Chano from Baltimore. Uh, Garth, or whatever his name is, said he'd never heard the full context of the video clips of you that he used in his video. But I'm a professional video producer of over a decade, and that's literally not possible. The only way to set an endpoint is by watching the footage that came before it. So he was lying, and he knew it. Carl seemed naive, unfortunately. Also, you are one of the foremost collectors of video games in the world. Geoprism, gang, gang.
0: Um, yeah, I'm not saying Carl was naive on that point. He probably didn't want to get into an argument with, uh, with Garth or just took him at his word. But it is literally impossible to do video editing when you take a source material and have to cut it up on the timeline without watching what's before and what's after it. Yeah, That's not, how video guessing. editing works. Yeah, <laughs> you're, not, you're not guessing. It was such bullshit where he said, I don't know what Pat said. It's like, dude, you had to have downloaded my video you had to download my video, put it on your timeline, and cut the points out. You had to watch it. To... It's ridiculous. But these, these are the sort of people where uh, they're bad faith actors, and why should they be honest about really anything? That's when it comes down to it, let alone video editing. From one video editor to another, thank you, uh, Chiano, down in Baltimore, for that. And that does it for this uh, podcast. Scene. That's it. Long well, in the tooth. It was an hour and a half. We started a little bit later. Maybe. No, no, we didn't. This is about when we usually end. You're just tired you. You're tired of talking to me i am tired i need to get something in my stomach before i go to work i did order um, mexican last night just because like i i don't i did not order enough food i think because i thought i was going to go to uh, frank's uh, birthday party but i was feeling a little a little lagged and slightly sick on saturday so i didn't go i was like okay i won't we'll be able to eat i don't I, like one meal less of food to buy but i'm like a day and a half short on food i got to get through thursday mm. so i do have a um, a um, cauliflower frozen pizza that's actually pretty good it was buy one get one free at Sprouts I've um, had it before it's not bad like you can almost not tell it's not dough like it's it's in the ballpark so <laughs> it does the trick does the trick it, g- the it gets t- you through that you're like okay this is pizza-ish it's enough right so we gotta get a good pizza I like it around here I think I'm gonna make a BLT like a tick it's favorite, favorite food it's an amazing sandwich I haven't had a real one in a while that's so good. I used to buy bacon a lot. I used to do, do uh, eggs and bacon a lot for a meal I stopped doing it probably like long term it's probably not the best thing to do that so, not, not- I did
1: it when I was watching carbs uh, closer, but once you like, once you're not like keto watching carbs, just kind of like cutting carbs out where you can, uh, then the bacon and eggs becomes less of a viable breakfast because you're adding a lot of cholesterol and stuff into your system. A lot of nit- the nitrates, a lot of sodium. Yeah. I mean, it's not good for you even if you are keeping keto, but if you're keeping keto, it's not doing as much immediate damage because you're burning it off. But once you start to work yes. carbs, in, and like I said, I'm not strict, then that whole bacon and eggs breakfast no well, longer seems strategic. Well, yeah.
0: Like I said, like, you shouldn't be eating it every day. Yeah, You shouldn't be eating cereal and milk every day. No. But like bacon and eggs, like eh, go a couple times a week, two, three times a week. Don't, do it, don't eat it every day. It's, I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. But like, every day seems a little bit much, especially in the bacon side more than eggs long yes. term. Because I think like in some countries, uh, bacon that has like cancer warnings on it in Europe, they're a little more strict than that stuff. It's like, hey, eating bacon long term can cause certain t- forms of cancer. And it's like, yeah, it probably is linked to some of that stuff. At least heart disease. Clearly.
1: All right. That's it. We're out of here. Bye.